Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, church. We are so glad you're here, whether you're here in the room with us or you're joining us online or you're listening on Way FM. We are so happy to gather together this morning. Right now, we are in a sermon series on spiritual growth called The ABCs of Discipleship. And in this series, we are outlining the next steps we all need to take in our spiritual journey, in our journey with Jesus. Also, this series defines for us, for our church, the path to spiritual growth that we are going to be using at FCC going forward. And so the steps we are talking about in this series, this isn't a one-time thing or a one-month thing. You're going to be hearing about the ABCs of discipleship for years to come. We're going to talk about it in our sermons, in our announcements, in our groups, everywhere we are trying to grow as disciples, as fully devoted followers of Jesus. Well, last weekend, if you were here, you know Pastor Jimmy, he kicked off this series, and he kicked off this series by making the following statements. He said, if you have never been part of a church before and you're not even sure what that looks like or what it looks like to follow Jesus, then this series is for you. Or maybe you have been a believer for many years, but you're wondering if there is something more or perhaps even something missing from your spiritual journey. If that's you, this series is for you. Or maybe you are spiritually stuck and you miss that passion you once had for God and you wonder what happened to that passion and if you will ever get it back again. And if that's you, well, this series is for you too. Whoever you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, this series is designed to help you get on track or get back on track or get to the next level in your spiritual journey. It's going to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, that's our our passage for this entire series. This contains the scriptures we're going to be using. It's a set of scriptures that defines the very first church. It's a set of scriptures that most clearly outlines what that very first church, that Jerusalem church, looked like. But most importantly, it clearly defines what our church should look like today, as well as the steps we need to take to grow into fully devoted followers of Jesus. Here's what it says. Those who accepted his message, that was the message Peter preached, the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate 
together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. God, we pray that you would help us grow as fully devoted disciples of Jesus. Help us as individuals and as a church to become more Christ-like, reflecting your heart, your mission, your ministry, your truth, your love, your mercy, your grace in our desperate world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been to the gym before? I'm not finished with the question. <laughs> Have you ever been to the gym and seen an out of whack bodybuilder? Now, far be it for me to criticize any kind of bodybuilder. I mean, I might be a hypocrite if I criticized a bodybuilder, right? But, but maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's that, that guy who's got arms like softballs and shoulders like bowling balls, but legs like toothpicks. You've seen that guy, right? Like he spends all of his effort and all of his time at the gym and, and all of his energy exercising his biceps and his triceps and his shoulders and his chest and they're huge, but then he's got a bulging belly and tiny little legs. I'm telling you there's one or two of those guys at almost every gym. Incidentally, that's why I love the gym I attend because it requires me to exercise every part of my body, even the parts of my body that I don't particularly like exercising. You know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen this guy before. <laughs> and crazy strong when it comes to one area of his life, but embarrassingly unhealthy in another. And overall, you have to wonder how healthy he really is. You know, some of us are out of whack spiritually because we don't take a holistic approach to discipleship. We might exercise one or two of our spiritual muscles, but we ignore three or four other spiritual muscles. And in this series, we're talking about the five steps to spiritual growth that every follower of Jesus needs to take. And then once we've taken all those steps, that we start leading others to take those steps. And these are the, uh, the steps, the ABCs of discipleship. Step number one is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Step number two is be fully connected to your church. Step number three is contribute to your church and your community. Step number four is daily time with God. And step number five is evangelism or enthusiastically sharing your faith. And I look at each of these steps or each of the ABCs of discipleship as different spiritual muscles that need to be exercised. We, we need to accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, but we also need to be fully connected to a church if we're going to grow. We need to contribute time, talent, and treasure to our church and our community, but we also need to spend time with God every single day if we're going to grow. And we need to spend time with God every single day, but we also need to be spending time with people who are far from God or who haven't found their way back to God yet, enthusiastically sharing our faith with them if we're going to grow. 
And maybe you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're pretty wishy-washy about being fully connected to your church. Maybe you've gotten to, to a rut of just being online when it comes to church. And if that's you, you might be kind of like the out-of-whack bodybuilder, spiritually speaking. Or maybe you're great at contributing time, talent, and treasure to your church, but you rarely share your faith with a, a friend who doesn't know Jesus or with family or neighbors or coworkers. And if you do, it's really subtle. It's kind of on the DL. Definitely nothing enthusiastic about it. If that's you, you might be like the out-of-whack bodybuilder, spiritually speaking. Or maybe you're great at spending time with God every single day, but you're not great about generosity, about contributing to your church and the needs in your community. Well, you might be like the out-of-whack bodybuilder, spiritually speaking. And so what we're presenting in this series is a holistic, Bible-based path to spiritual growth, to discipleship. We want every person who calls FCC their church home to consider where they are on this journey of discipleship and then take their next steps. And if you're like, well, I've, I've taken all of them, well, then your next steps are to lead others to take them. Last week, we talked about the A and the ABCs of discipleship to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And today, we want to talk about the B in the ABCs of discipleship. Be fully connected to your church, both in the large group and in a small group. You know, when I first moved to Chicagoland, it was back at the end of 2006, we moved there to start a new church. When I moved to Chicagoland, I was not a Bears fan. Now, I was a Bulls fan. I mean, everybody who went to college in the 1990s was a Bulls fan. But I wasn't a Bears fan. I didn't know much about them, didn't care much about them. But you know what? After living in Chicagoland for 15 years and being surrounded by so many Bears fans, I have to admit, I began to take a passing interest in the team. Now, maybe I did it to irk the Packers fans. I don't know. But I went from caring nothing about the Bears to caring something about the Bears, to, from knowing nothing about the Bears to knowing something about them, from, from not on my radar to on my radio almost every day. As they say, bad company corrupts good character. <laughs> my football community in Chicagoland corrupted my football character. Now the Niners were still my first love, of course. They always will be. But I couldn't help but follow the Chicago Bears community. I mean, being around Bears fans, being friends with Bears fans, listening to local sports talk radio stations that always talked about the Bears, eventually the Bears piqued my interest, not because they were any good, mind you, but because, well, such were my connections. Interestingly enough, now I find myself following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> rooting for them some. Mostly become because Tom Brady is the goat, but also because many of you follow them and you talk about them. They're on television all the time. Again, bad company corrupts good character. But you know, the same principle goes for us in all the areas of our lives. We are shaped by the company we keep. 
Now, we may not like it, we may not believe it, we may not enjoy it, but that doesn't make it not true. We are shaped by the company we keep. And some of you struggle with vulgar language, not because you're vulgar, because you're surrounded by people who use filthy language. And so when the going gets tough, filthy language comes out. We are shaped by the company we keep. And that brings us to our big idea for today. Being fully connected to other believers is an essential part of our discipleship. Being fully connected to other believers. You see, there are no lone rangers in the Christian worldview. The fact is, we are, all of us, we are better together. Together being the key word today. We are better together. Acts chapter two, verse 44, in this passage about the early church, it says, all the believers were what? All the believers were together and had everything in common. Acts 2.46 says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Now here's something really interesting about each of these verses. While the word together is used three times in our English translations, there are three different Greek words being used that each contain their own idea of togetherness. For instance, in Acts 2.44, where it says all the believers were together, the word together means to be positioned with to be positioned with. It makes me think of, of uh, football practice. Back in the day when we were broken up into position groups, how many of you guys play football? Maybe some of the ladies did too. In practice, we were broken up into position groups. We gathered according to our positions. There were quarterbacks and receivers and running backs over there, and then offensive linemen were over there, and then linebackers were over there, and then the defensive backs were over there, and of course, the, the kickers, they were off on another field because they didn't really count, but just kidding, everybody matters. But each of us were positioned in groups that allowed us to become better, to focus on our different skills, to better refine our particular responsibilities to the team and to the game, to become the better versions of ourselves. In the same way, we need to position ourselves with other believers in a way that strengthens each other, inspires each other, and influences each other to become better at who God made us to be and what as God has called us to do. If we position ourselves with people who can help us on our spiritual journey, then we can become those better versions of ourselves, the versions that God envisions. Maybe... You say, hey, I wanna be like that person over there. They seem to have things figured out. They inspire me. I'd like to get to know them better. I'd like to be more like them. And then you position yourself to get to know them and to learn from them. You say, hey, I really look up to you and I would really like to learn from you. Would you meet with me and mentor me for the next year? So we all need to be together with other believers like that. In Acts 2.44, together means to be positioned with. Then in Acts 2.46, where it says they continued to meet together, there together is an entirely different word. It's actually two ancient words put together. One word means to rush, and the other word means in unison. And so together also means to run with. 
Now, this one is, is simple. We're talking about the people you run with, the people you have fun with, the people you do life with. This isn't necessarily someone you have in your life to mentor you, but someone you have in your life to walk with you. It's not so much a, a vertical relationship as it is a more horizontal relationship. You're not looking up to them as much as you're looking over to them. But the point is you need to have fellow believers in your life that you enjoy life with, good people, positive people who follow Jesus, who can be part of your life. And we all need to be together with other believers like that as well. Believers in Jesus that we like to run with and have fun with. You know, my favorite verse in all of the Bible is Jeremiah chapter 12, verse five. It says this, it says, if you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you run with horses? If we're gonna run with the horses, that is do big, amazing things for Jesus, then we need to have people we run with every day who encourage us and sharpen us and make us better. And finally, in Acts 2.46, where it says, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There the word together means to share with. It doesn't mean to be positioned with or to run with, but to share with. It carries the idea of sharing something together, or maybe more specifically, the idea of being invested in someone else, in someone other than yourself. You know, a farmer gets a share of the crop because he's invested. He put in the hard work. When I share my food with you, then I'm making an investment in your life. And this kind of togetherness means we make a personal investment in other people's lives. And so in Acts chapter two, verses 41 through 47, where we see the, the very first Christian church, which was a radical spiritual community that grew like crazy and ultimately changed the world as we knew it. And then saw this incredible spiritual growth in its members. It was a place where believers were together. They were positioned with, they ran with, they shared with one another. They weren't alone on their spiritual journey. They were better together. In the same way, we are better together. We're shaped by the company we keep. We can be destroyed by the company we keep or transformed further into the image of Christ by the company we keep. In the Bible and throughout the Bible, there are many different depictions and descriptions of this kind of life-changing, soul-transforming spiritual community. There's the idea of fellowship that's really important. There's the idea of congregation that's really important. There's the idea of accountability that's really important. There's the idea of community that's really important. But again, the point is the believers are better together. We are better together. And I gotta tell you, one thing that to me is, is just, um, well, it's a shame. It's a shame to me that so often believers don't make time for each other. You know, my very favorite time of the week is Sunday morning being with you. 
No kidding, I, I look forward to this all week. I love being together with you. But do you know the average churchgoer in America goes to church less than twice a month? That's not the average American, that's the average churchgoer. The average church going to America less than twice a month. And oh, by the way, that was before COVID. It's even less now. It's the average. I want you to think about that. That means that, that we don't have two hours a month to be together. Really? And Jesus gave his life on the cross and we struggle with two hours. No wonder our spiritual growth is so often stunted. We don't have the kind of fellowship, the kind of accountability, the kind of community, the kind of congregational experience that Christ wants for us. Even the example that Christ himself set for us. I mean, think about it like this. Jesus experienced church and Jesus experienced church on four levels. First of all, there were the crowds that came to hear him preach and to see him perform miracles. And sometimes these crowds were well over 5,000 people at a time. But then there wasn't just a crowd, there was also a congregation. And these were his closer followers and their families and friends. This group probably fluctuated between 40 people and 120 people at any given time. But then, you know what else? He also had a small group. There was his core, his 12 disciples, the guys he lived with and ran with and positioned himself with and shared with and invested in. And then finally, there was an inner circle. Jesus was especially close to Peter, James, and John. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus actually had a best friend. It seems that John was his very best friend. And all of these expressions of church were necessary for Jesus' mission to be accomplished and for the spiritual transformation of his disciples to happen. And, and, and then we come along and we're like, well, you know, all I need is this big crowd to be a part of once or twice a month, and I'm good. Really? And I kind of think if that wasn't good enough for Jesus... That being said, I wanna challenge you to be together with other believers in two ways. If you want to be transformed, if you want to grow spiritually, the ABCs of discipleship, if you wanna be more like Jesus, then we need to be together with other believers. And let's just be real simple today. Don't wanna don't want overcomplicate it. Let's just say large group and small group. If you wanna grow, then you need to be a consistent part of the large group and the small group. In order to be positioned with and to run with and to share with other believers to such an extent that you experience spiritual growth, be part of the large group, yes, but also be part of a small group. Now, the large group is great. Like I said, my favorite time of the week. I love the large group. There's energy and there's enthusiasm and there's great music and there's incredible preaching. <laughs> I hope there's communion, there's corporate prayer here at FCC. We got great coffee and donuts. The large group is great. But there are some critical things the large group cannot offer. And we can't pray for all 1,200 of you 
specifically by name when we're all together. And we can't counsel all 1,200 of you specifically when we're all together. We can't hold 1,200 of you accountable when we're all together. Such things can only happen in the context of a smaller group. All right, now about 1,200 people attend FCC over three services every week. We got our 9 a.m. in person, our 10.30 in person, our online services, about 1,200 per week. And we cannot pastor 1,200 of you through the large group. The small group is essential as well. If you're not together with other believers in a small group, then your spiritual growth will be stunted and your transformation will be slow and monotonous at best. And going to church twice a month for an hour each time is kind of like going to an aerobics class twice a month and walking in late and half-heartedly exercising the back and expecting you to change your life. Won't work. You know what else won't work? Just going to a class on Sunday mornings probably won't work either. You need second level connections. You need to train it or teach and motivate. You need a partner to hold you accountable. You need friends who will encourage you to stay the course when you want to quit. The truth is our spiritual health is not that much different than our physical health. And, and sadly, <laughs> if you're anything like me, and you get so busy, that you're really not that great at either one. And that's why we're developing this series called the ABCs of Discipleship and this process of spiritual growth and transformation that we want to make just part of the system, part of the structure, part of the ministry of our entire church so that we can be great at spiritual growth because we serve a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Before we close, I wanna show you some pictures. <clears throat> What's this a picture of? Yeah, it's a Lego. Now think about the Lego. By itself, a Lego is, well, let's just be honest, it's nothing special. It's just a little block with some holes, kind of like us. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, by ourselves, nothing special. It's a little block with some holes. You know, I've heard it said that we have a God-shaped hole in our heart that only he can fill. I, I love that. But that's not the whole story. We also have human-shaped holes in our hearts. He made us for each other. We need each other. And so what happens when we begin to connect with others like Legos connect? How many of you have played with Legos? Right, oh, pr pretty much everybody has played with Legos, right? When we find others, and we don't have to be the same color or the, or the same shape or the same size. But when we find others and connect with them, together we grow into something bigger and better. Let me show you a few more pictures. What's this? That is an R2-D2 Lego creation. That was made out of Legos. That's pretty cool, isn't it? How about this one? That is a Lego reproduction of an artistic masterpiece. How about this one? Cool. One more. Isn't that awesome? Not only does connecting together make Legos bigger and better, 
With enough strategic connections, they can become awe-inspiring works of art. Works of art that you could not imagine by looking at one Lego on its own. But with a Lego artist and with many Legos connecting, they can become works of art that are awesome to behold. And the same goes for us. If we will connect with others, and especially others of different shapes and different colors, but who are all children of the same creator, the same artist, then we will grow into something bigger and better. Together, we will grow into works of art and significance that we never could have imagined on our own. Works that are awesome to behold when we connect with each other. We are better together. And that's why our takeaway for today and the second step on the path to spiritual growth to discipleship is to be fully connected to your church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know we are better together. Together with you and together with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.